Welcome to Gathering 262. I'm Cassie Hulse, and I'm here today with Eric... Oh, jeez. With Eric <laughs> Conover. That's it. Yep, perfect. Okay. <laughs> perfect. Conover. No, Conover. Perfect, yeah. Got it. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Eric, thanks so much for being on the podcast. This is going to be awesome. Yeah, thank you. This yeah. is fun. Um, why don't we start off with you telling about yourself, all the basics where you're from, what you're doing in life, what you enjoy doing. Okay, yeah. So I grew up in Highland, Utah, not too far from here. And I'm the oldest of seven kids. So I've got all my younger siblings who I love. And uh, we just, we do a lot together as a family, like outside and swimming and sports and mountain biking. My family's really into that and surfing. Just anything like that we all love to do. And I went to school at BYU-Idaho, studied business management, and currently am doing software sales. I work for a company called Jolt, and I'm an account executive there. And yeah, I love just fitness, exercise, uh, music. I recently got into DJing, actually. Whoa, that's cool. I DJ like weddings. I'm hoping to make that like a side business. And... I'm always doing like parties for my friends or family, that's <laughs> with awesome. my speakers, and yeah, it's super. I've found a lot of joy in that, and yeah, it's pretty much me. I just sports and music and that type of stuff I love, and traveling too. I've traveled quite a bit around the states and the world, and that's been a cool experience just to see different people. And I served my mission in Honduras, which was quite a place yeah. <laughs> and just love the people there so much and yeah I've been back twice and hope to go back more lots more <laughs> that's awesome yeah. what mission in Honduras San Pedro Sula East cool yeah, so. I'm not familiar with it but just in case yeah. one of our listeners <laughs> yeah is, you yeah that would be awesome yeah yeah definitely let me know if if someone's been there <laughs> yeah what's your favorite outside of your mission what's your favorite place that you visited in the U.S. and outside of the U.S.? Okay, in the U.S., my favorite place is probably San Diego. Mm. I just love, like, the cliffs there. Like, there's this um, hike called the Torrey Pines hike just north of La Jolla. Mm. And there's just amazing cliffs, and it's, like, perfect at sunset. It's so beautiful. Wow. So I love that. Um, Rhode Island's super cool, too. There's, mm. like, Newport, Rhode Island with these mansions next to the ocean. Like these old, like classic mansions. It's super pretty. And so I like, yeah, but I love pretty much anywhere I've been in the States. There's like different cool parts to each place. Mm -hmm. And then outside of the States, that's really tough. But Egypt is super cool. The pyramids and those things are just massive, way bigger than you even think, like from the movies. Wow. (laughs) And because the blocks are like four to six feet like tall so they're just these giant blocks so that was super fun and Greece is really beautiful too um yeah I went to the Isle of Man this year which is just off the shore of England and I have ancestors from there so that was really cool to visit and there's like an amazing castle there and it was really cool to go to a couple of the houses of my ancestors. They're no longer like 
one of them's like a bookstore now and the other one's like mm-hmm. i don't know what it is but uh so it was cool to see where they lived though and learn a little bit about them that is so cool yeah i feel awesome. like that's and i'd love to hear your take on this but i feel like when you connect in that way with your ancestors like makes them more real definitely yeah yeah definitely makes them more real and it's just I don't know. There's something just really cool about like, oh, I had family that lived here. Yeah. And like I had family that went through these experiences mm-hmm. and it's, there's some type of connection there and you almost feel more like whole or more complete. Yeah. Yeah. I would totally agree. I got to do a similar thing um, also in England, but in Manchester. Oh, yeah. And yep. Yeah, went to a Manchester just... United soccer game while we were there. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. It was so fun. Oh, dude, I bet. That was like a bucket list item that I didn't wow. know I had. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, this was awesome. We saw Cristiano Ronaldo play too. Wow, dude. So that is awesome. so cool. Yeah. Anything else that we should know about you? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, along with DJing, I just love like hosting stuff like definitely a goal of mine is just to have like a fun house in the future with my family and just like have Mm -hmm. friends over family like I just always love like hosting people and um, connecting people with each other that's really fun for me and just just making sure like everyone's having fun and like enjoying life is something that I really love to do that's awesome um so oh also I just remembered I was going to ask um, how old is your youngest sibling? He's eight, so there's a huge gap between us. Oh my goodness! Us. Yeah. Okay, he was born I while I, I was on my mission. Oh my goodness! Yeah, so in my wow. first area, I got the call from my mission president. Oh, your little brother <laughs> has been born, and so That's I had crazy. my four Skype calls with him because in that mm. day, we did our Mother's Day and Christmas calls. Mm. And so I got to see him over those. But in Honduras, the connection wasn't always the best. Right. And it was sometimes a little blurry. Like that first call was actually pretty blurry. It was oh, kind of sad. Man. But my family would send me lots of pictures of him. And then I came home to like the cutest sign of just him holding. I've waited my whole life to meet you. <gasps> oh, my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> my heart. <laughs> and so he was almost two at that point And wow. got to hold him for the first time. and. Him and I are best buds now. Yeah. Like, such good buddies. We, like, watch Star Wars together. We went to Star Wars Land together at Disneyland uh, just earlier this year as well, actually. And, yeah, we're, like, I think we have a, a like, unique bond because of that. Because, mm-hmm. uh, like, I was serving my mission while he was in my mom's tummy. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, there's, I don't know, there's some connection that him and I have that's really special. Yeah. yeah. I can totally see that. It's kind of, like... Like a spiritual connection. Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That's that is so awesome. Yeah. So how, like, are all of you guys pretty spread out? Or so was actually like everybody else is a lot closer. And then okay. he's like a 10-year gap um, from the twins who just turned 18. Wow. Twin girls. And then he's eight. So my parents wanted more kids. And then oh. they had him. And Yeah. Yeah. It's very, it keeps things fun. Keeps wow. things entertaining. All the holidays are very fun because he's oh, still around. Oh, I bet. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Little kids are so fun. Oh, they make it all so fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, if my if my niece and nephew were, like, 
constantly like with my parents and near me all the time that'd be so fun that's awesome Anyways. yeah yeah that's kind of how it is yeah <laughs> yeah yeah he's wild but he's fun though. oh that's so cool yeah. wow so i'm i'm interested what are some experiences that you've had in your life that have like shaped your testimony um both you know bringing you closer to christ and also connecting you to your family members both yeah. you know your living and the dead yeah um yeah thanks for asking that yeah so definitely i feel closer to christ through family like through my little brother and the rest of my family and through yeah learning about like ancestors and those who have gone before me I would say, yeah, that's been one of the pieces in the puzzle that shaped my testimony of Jesus Christ and Heavenly Father and their plan. And I was thinking about this before coming here today, and I really feel like there's been so many little experiences that have gotten me to where I am today and to the testimony that I have. And some of those that just have come to mind are like, choosing to go to young men's activities and going on like campouts, all like growing up with like the other young men and going on trek and Helaman's camp and choosing to go to those things instead of, I mean, there's obviously other things I could have been doing maybe, but because of uh, my desire to be at those, I had so many spiritual experiences. Also EFY and all the different um, activities that the church has that have seminary like a lot of these things just keep coming to mind like seminary and uh, young men's activities each of those it's not that every single time was like this amazing spiritual experience but mixed in with all those experiences there were moments where I felt the spirit strongly and in my heart like I could feel Heavenly Father's love and like singing the EFY medley always was so powerful and you just feel the spirit so strong in those moments and uh, different times too around the campfire people bearing their testimonies and um just just early mornings like opening the scriptures and praying and those moments those tiny things have developed my testimony over time and then those things led to my mission which had many very powerful experiences And my mission led to a family getting sealed in the temple a year after my mission that I was able to go to with my dad. And we were the witnesses of that. And that is probably the most spiritual experience I've had so far in my life was being a witness um, with my father of that sealing of that family that my companions and I taught and baptized and married. First, they had to get married, too, while we were teaching them. And and that was just so special. The, the spirit was so strong when uh, that couple, the Carvajals, the Mejia Carvajal family, was sealed together. And then there's two of their sons also sealed to them. And it was a very powerful moment that I can't deny, like the spirit that was there, the love that was there, the peace that was there. And so each of those things has have been witnesses to me that God lives and that he loves us and definitely have difficult times especially I feel like in recent years because a lot of that's just becoming more and more in the past like 
it's it's becoming years and years ago like my mission and even the ceiling and so it's those types of experiences seem to have gone are not happening as are not happening as frequently and i know that that's a lot because of my own choices because we can create those experiences in our lives i believe and it's also just because of where i'm at in life it's not given to me as often as up through the mission if that makes sense as and so yeah so i feel like now it's really about creating spiritual experiences for ourselves and others and keeping that like spirit alive because you can definitely feel when like your fires dwindling a bit and you're not as strong in the faith and but i believe as soon as we um, show up to like a meeting for our calling or as soon as we um, go and minister to someone that spirit can come right back into our lives and we can feel rejuvenated and have a desire to keep pressing forward yeah amen yeah um it reminded me of just what you just said of um just the idea that you know from birth we have this kind of like this trajectory for um how to have spiritual experiences Mm -hmm. how to participate in the church right yeah it's like at eight you get baptized and then at 12 or well even 11 now um yeah you enter young men's or young women's Uh and you know and then for the boys they like you know have these levels of priesthood yeah yeah, you're ordained to be a deacon, a right. teacher, a priest. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, go on a mission. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it's like... Then it's what? like, all right, get married in the temple. But that right. one's way less of a, just one-sided decision. Exactly, because <laughs> it t- depends on yeah. someone else, too. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, so it's like, after the mission, that's... I mean, that's your last solo covenant, mm-hmm. right? And your last... The endowment, yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I shouldn't say... Yeah. Your mission is not a covenant. But, yeah, receiving your temple endowment is the yeah. last covenant that you make yeah. on your own. And it's... Yeah. So, I mean, exactly what you're saying. Like, the further along we go, um, you know, after that, it's like it can... And then I feel like even once you're married, mm-hmm. like that's the whole endure to the end. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. okay, how does that work? What does it look like? Like, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's definitely like, um, yeah, for those of us who are born like under the covenant, like in the covenant, our parents were active members of the church. Yeah. I feel like you have, you're basically just deciding, yeah, I want to go to each of these things, but they're all in place. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, now it's it's really uh, when you got you got to show up on your own and make it happen and and create spiritual experiences for yourself and others. Yeah, I think that's one. I know for me, like hearing um, conversion stories is so powerful because you know, like they like people who join the church outside of you know being an eight-year-old and you know growing up in it Mm -hmm. um their path looks totally different yeah you know 
And it's like what you said, like they had to like make that happen. Yeah. And definitely. And I, I really believe that everyone has a conversion story. Mm -hmm. Um, whether or not you were raised in the church. For sure. Um, and so I guess kind of like considering that, do you feel like you have, I mean, I know that you've talked about it, you know, you're all of these like small choices that you've made in Mm -hmm. your life. Um, do you, does any experience stand out in your mind where you're like, like this, impacted my testimony unlike anything else yeah if i had to narrow it down to one thing probably just being in the temple with that family right it's yeah Yeah. that was just so special so there was so much love and the spirit and i mean this family i mean in honduras life is not that easy it's not kind of like how we have it here in most situations i know some people have it tough here as well but in honduras it's generally pretty tough and even so the wife of this family has since passed on and the father when i last visited he he he's just like well we're glad that we're able to get sealed before she passed away and and he just still has so much faith and so much this family and I mean the people that in Honduras in general just have so much faith in God and that brings a very powerful spirit because they do believe so much in what they're doing they they know they're like sealed it's just like not a question it's like yeah I'm sealed to her and we're good to go and it's like even amidst trials it's like their faith is so firm and steadfast without any doubt and it's that brought such a strong spirit. And then just how awesome it was to be there with my dad too. Yeah. <laughs> and like showing him the country and introducing him to the people and having that experience with, with him was, was amazing. So That's awesome. I would say that was big. Um, of course, the experiences on the mission with that family and so many others. Yeah. Uh, and... I had a special experience as well before my mission um, of gaining a witness of the prophet Joseph Smith. Mm-hmm. And we were at a, one of the first chapels of the church. It's near St. George in Pine Valley, Utah. Mm-hmm. And they have this chapel there that was built like with the, with a boat, like the ceiling is like a boat. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like a ship. It's super cool. Huh. <laughs> and it's one of the, f- I think it might be the longest current church that's still operating. Like mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So yeah. it's been around the longest and it's still like has regular services. Mm-hmm. And so we went there for a family reunion and we, it has two floors. So like the second floor we were up there for second hour and learning about the prophet Joseph Smith. And they have these awesome windows in that building and the sun was just coming through and we were learning about, I believe I'm probably going to get this wrong. I think it's Oliver Cowdery that went away from the church, but then he came back and he wrote praise to the man. I might be getting that wrong. We might need to look at that up, <laughs> look it up. But I think it's him or Martin Harris, one of the two. Yeah. And oh, I think it might be 
Yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm anyway, probably it's getting it wrong. Two. Yeah. <laughs> but one of those uh, two, he came back and wrote Praise to the Man, that's that hymn. And that's always been one of my favorites. But learning about that and the repentance process that he went through and kind of the plea to Joseph to forgive him and the plea to God, ultimately to God, um, to forgive him and then writing this hymn where he just pours out his soul and his faith in the prophet is was awesome. And then we sang it and the spirit was so strong that I knew without a doubt that Joseph was a prophet of God. And I at that that day I gained a very strong witness that Joseph Smith truly is a prophet of God and he's the prophet of the restoration and that he saw God the Father and Jesus Christ and it was a tender mercy for me because it was the summer before my mission and I was so happy to have that I believed he was a prophet but I had that extra witness before I went out a powerful witness that I believed helped me bear strong testimony on my mission that Joseph is a prophet of God and that he saw God the Father and Jesus Christ and that was always the most one of the most special lessons was when we taught the first vision to people and I felt like I could really share um, by the spirit that I knew that Joseph was a prophet yeah so I'd say those were a couple big ones that impacted me to this day yeah wow thank you so much for sharing that yeah definitely um do you have uh, any experiences that have highlighted your conversion to um, or your your testimony of Jesus Christ as your Savior? Yeah, that one I feel like I'm working on every day. <laughs> I feel like it's uh, really comes with repentance and change because he makes that possible. And so every time I feel the Spirit again or feel comforted or feel a desire to keep trying i feel like that strengthens my testimony of him and his atonement and so out of everything i feel like that testimony is the most continual the most ongoing uh, because he's he's everything like it's it's what matters most and so that testimony i feel like is never complete uh, where I mean, my testimony of Joseph Smith's probably never complete either, but I feel like I needed that one witness, and then I can just kind of move on and testify that he's a prophet. But Jesus Christ is like everything. He's a part of our life every day. And that testimony, I feel like, is always um, growing, hopefully always growing. Sometimes it's probably a little stagnant, (laughs) but if I'm uh, doing what I should, then it's then it's growing and changing and and becoming stronger. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. Yeah, definitely. Um, so just kind of moving towards wrapping up. Yeah. Um, we always ask, um, what do you want your posterity to know 100 years from now? Well, hopefully we'll all be with Jesus 100 years from now during the, in the <laughs> I millennium. Know, right? Fingers crossed. <laughs> uh, I feel like we probably will be. If I, either way, <laughs> whether it's the millennium or not, I, I really want them to know to, to not give up. And when they feel like giving up, to go and serve someone else. Because I've seen that the moment I pray and ask 
who I can serve or how I can serve them, I'll get promptings of what to do, whether it's a text message or to write a note to someone or go visit someone. Heavenly Father will give you promptings about who you can help and serve. And the moment I go and do that, I feel re-energized and, and uh, desire to keep pressing forward and 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 not give up. We're going to keep making mistakes our whole lives. And I've definitely made a lot of mistakes, especially in recent years. And sometimes those make me wonder if I should keep like moving forward on the path, um, on the covenant path. And sometimes, sometimes I'm not worthy to go to the temple or sometimes I'm not um, feeling like I can keep doing this. Like my, my sins are too like great or they're, it's too hard to overcome this or that. But when I switch my mindset to think of other people instead of myself and how I can serve them, then my desire comes right back. Like this is where I need to be. This is where Christ wants me and that he loves me and he loves, he loves these people that I'm serving. And so when you feel his love for the people you're serving, you feel it for yourself at the same time. And it's, it's this powerful feeling. Uh, One quick thing I'll share is Eric in our ward as well. Him and I are ward missionaries and we've been out visiting some people in the ward together. And as we were driving together, just on these roads up on the hill, I just felt Heavenly Father's love so much. And I just felt so much that this is what the gospel of Jesus Christ is about, is just going and visiting God's people, our brothers and sisters. And that was another moment that strengthened my testimony, that this gospel is not about us just sitting and being worried about my own sins. And like, yeah, we want to like recognize where we can improve, but that shouldn't get us down so much that we stop serving and helping others because those are the two great commandments is loving God and loving others. And I believe if we do those things, God will mold us into who he needs us to be and and who we eventually want to become. I learned that one of the Hebraic meanings of the word Israel is let God prevail. Thus the very name of Israel refers to a person who is willing to let God prevail in his or her life. With the Hebraic definition of Israel in mind, the gathering of Israel takes on added meaning. The Lord is gathering those who are willing to let God prevail in their lives. The Lord is gathering those who will choose to let God be the most important influence in their lives. For centuries, prophets have foretold this gathering, and it is happening right now.